Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast, post-Thanksgiving. You're probably still sitting there feeling a little little full. Uh, you're having leftovers coming up and you probably plan on getting a nice nap this afternoon. Let some of that stuff settle so you can get back to work on Monday. Uh, but before we begin the doctrine of eternal security, let's remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of being able to teach the Word. Thank you for the podcast. Help us to do it to justice and uh, guide us as we recognize that we are eternally secure because of what Christ has done for us. In Jesus' name I pray. And don't forget to use 1 John 1 9 for fellowship uh, and fellowship only has nothing to do with salvation as we taught last week. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright. Uh, the reason we're going to eternal security it's because there is a large amount of thought out there that uh, indicates uh, you can lose your salvation because of James. And you may recall last week we uh, talked quite a bit from the book of James. Uh, and uh, James uh, does not indicate that you are not going to be judged for your sins uh, and uh, that's not going to occur when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are saved and you're saved forever. But when the rapture of the church occurs and none of us as we taught or David taught so, so well, uh, we are e eternally secure and the only judgment that we're going to receive as believers is going to be at the rapture of the church though God will instruct us by means of various ways and it's his choice as to how he does it but it is not because we sinned Christ took care of all the sins of the, the uh, world. Uh, and that includes, by the way, the believer and the unbeliever. Sin is no longer an issue. And as David taught when he taught the... Uh, oh, some time ago when I was a casualty in the angelic conflict with sickness... Uh, 
we will have to we will uh, have to suffer for whatever reason and it's really none of our business as to why we suffer but we do know we will suffer so we're going to teach the doctrine of eternal security so that you know that when James spoke about various maladies that will occur in our life because of the fact that we have sinned it's God's business as to why and uh, you and I are to accept it and move forward and I think after we teach the doctrine of eternal security you'll understand better so let's just get right into the doctrine of eternal security. Colonel R.B. Theme has developed the doctrine under several what he called approaches. The logical approach, the metamorphic approach, the experiential approach, the family of God approach, the inheritance approach and the body approach. So you and you and I are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And that of course is found over in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. So let's just start with the logical approach. All right, if God saved us, this is 1.1, if God saved us while we were yet sinners, what does logic demand now that we are family of God? We can best understand that by looking at Romans 8, 6, 7, and 8, and Romans 8, 32 to begin our study. Romans 5, chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. I'm sorry, go ahead. 5, 6, 7, and 8. What did I say, David? You said chapter 8. That 5 can look like an 8 a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> At 86 years of age, we we'll have a lot you... of that running around. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm, I'm heading in your direction. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. For when we were yet without strength, <clears throat> in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Verse 8 says, For God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 8.32 He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him 
also freely give us all things. And that is the logical approach. And then we have the metamorphic approach. God is said to hold us in his hand. Can anyone presume capability, fatuous as it may seem, to wrest the believer from the hand of God? John 10.28 And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now we are ready for the experiential approach. The Word of God tells us that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then decide not to believe, it can't change anything. You are His or He bought you. On the cross. That one decision for Christ carried eternal significance. And then there's 2 Timothy 2.13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And then there's the family of God approach. If you are born into a family, you have the genes of the two parents and you cannot undo what they did genetically speaking. Galatians 3.26, for example, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And then we have John 1.12 For as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. David, how about you taking the inheritance approach? Absolutely. God has guaranteed our inheritance. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Then we look at the body approach. We are said to be members of the body of Christ, with Christ as the head. Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now compare Colossians 1.18 with 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 and 22. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more than those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. The sealing approach. The Holy Spirit of God is said to seal us. Second Corinthians verses 
or chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God, who hath also sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. And last is the tense voice approach. The word sozo, is that a good pronunciation? Yes, sir. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, means to be saved from eternal damnation. The verb is in the perfect tense in the meaning, saved in the past, with the result, you are saved now. The verb is also in the passive voice, meaning the subject receives the action of the verb as a benefactor. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Good stuff. Uh, I like there's no King's X, there's no backing up. Once you're part of the family, you're in the family. It is done. That's right. Absolutely. Sealed. Like I said, we were doing a short one today so you can keep recovering from Thanksgiving. We thank you for listening with us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Pastor Merritt, could you close us with a prayer? Father, we are grateful for the fact that we do have an eternal security. In other words, once we heard, once, excuse me, what we heard once saved, always saved, is still true. Why? Because the work was done by the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Guaranteed. Now guide us and direct us and help us to continue to serve and to serve properly as you would have service performed. David, how about a closing prayer? Anyone within the sound of our voice without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, go ahead and make it. Go ahead and do it. Because once you do it, you're part of the family for eternity. And it's free. It's a deal. In your hearts, no one around, you don't have to proclaim it. To the masses, you don't have to scream or say anything. Believe in your heart and thou shalt be saved. Again, we appreciate you listening. Look forward to it again next time. And then as always, so long.